Welcome to Distant Grey Gaming. We're playing Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition by Chaosium Incorporated. This game contains themes of horror, violence, drug use, sexual themes, crimes against children, and offensive language. For these reasons, listener discretion is advised. My name is Cedric. I am the keeper of arcane law for this game today. We are playing a scenario called The Devil Eats Flies, which is one of the scenarios in Chaosium's Berlin, The Wicked City supplement. I will read the background notes by the author to give everyone a feel for where the <laughs> game is set and what's happening. The theme of the scenario is Lustmord. Lustmord is German. It means, well, Sex murder. Keep it simple. It starts on Wednesday, June the 21st, 1922. The Great War ended three years, seven months, and six days ago, but who's counting? But its memory still dominates nearly every aspect of life in Berlin. In the city proper, the most violent of the post-war political paroxysms died down after the failed Cup Putsch of 1920, in which thousands of armed veterans, members of the so-called Freikorps or Free Corps, descended on the city and occupied government buildings in an attempt to set up a right-wing ultra-nationalist government that would stand in defiance to the Treaty of Versailles. Political tensions still run hot with frequent clashes, both verbal and physical, between left and right-wing factions. The city swarms with emigres from the east, from Ostlander, Orthodox Jews, to monarchist Russian exiles, all of whom crowd together in their own ethnic neighbourhoods increasing the sense of urban isolation and dislocation. The recent failure of international reparations conferences has seen the value of the German mark plummet. It is now trading at around 1,000 to the US dollar, which is down from 320 marks to the dollar barely a month ago. Two months ago, Foreign Minister Walter Rathenau, descendant of the industrial giant AEG and a widely acknowledged visionary, provided a ray of hope for many Germans. He negotiated the Treaty of Rapallo with the Soviet Union, ensuring that Germany would owe nothing to the Soviets in form of reparations. In return, Germany formally recognised the Bolshevist government, the first country in the West to do so. This move shocked both the Western Allies and the anti-communist and monarchist factions within Germany. Many people now worry that Rathenau has opened the door to when Bolshevists take over the country, and many wonder where the minister's loyalties truly lie. Suspicions exacerbated, of course, by his Jewish heritage and industrialist background. Apart from worries of political upheaval and economic collapse, over the past few months, further signs of impending disaster have appeared to those sensitive enough to feel them. Artists across the city find their dreams haunted by visions of butchered women, savagely killed in the act of lovemaking, the so-called Lustmord. Some, such as the artist Otto Dix, have attempted to exercise these terrifying visions through their paintings. Others drown themselves in the fleeting relief of booze, drugs, and the ever-vibrant and decadent Berlin nightlife. As we say in German, jetzt geht's los. Now we start. Yeah. I'm going to call on the, uh, the players to describe and introduce themselves and their characters, and then we'll kick off with the first scene in the game. 
I'm going to ask Elise first. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Uh, I'm Elise, and I play Hedda von Hausdorff, a film star, 28 years old. I reside in the Kreisberg area of Berlin. Um, and that's, is that all we're going to do? Yeah. Up to you. You can describe yeah. yourself if you like. Oh, physically. yes. Um, uh, yeah, 28 years old. She is quite a handsome woman rather than beautiful. Um, and persona would be quite the diva being a film star. Over to you, Phil. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but my name's Phil, and I'm playing uh, a 42-year-old journalist called Heinz Fuhrman. Um, he's tall and a strapping fellow. Uh, he's a bit of a cynical character, and he works as a journalist at the Berliner Anzeiger. And, yeah, he's seen a few things in Berlin, and I shall leave it at that for now and hand over to Matt. Yeah, I'm Matt. Um, I'm playing Herbert Grau. He's a 34-year-old private investigator. He's suave but um, rather hard-bitten too. Um, saw a lot of experience in the German colonies in Asia during World War I and was in fact a POW of the Japanese for two years. Um, has an interest in Chinese food, Buddhism. Um, yeah, and somewhat sensitive to um, the less tangible things. Um, yeah. Fantastic, everyone. Thank you for that. Again, just for our listeners, um, the assumption is not in this game that the, the, the players or the characters are known to each other in advance. They will meet you in the course of the adventure. We now commence. It's lunchtime. And all of you are having lunch, coincidentally, at the Romanisches Café on the August Victoria Platz, which is on the Kurfürstendamm, the Kuhdamm, as the Berliners call it, which is the main shopping drag of post-World War I Berlin. Um, it is anchored at the corner by the huge department store, KDW. Um, it's a bit like Harrods in London or, I suppose, a physical Sears and Roebuck in America in that you can buy anything there, anything at all, and it's multiple stories. You can hire cars. You can do all kinds of stuff. It's, it's you know, it's the place. But it's the shopping centre of Berlin. It's actually a fine summer's day for Berlin. There's no cloud, there's no rain. It's one of those rare days when the sun is shining and it's getting warm and everyone's thinking, yeah, if the weather keeps up like this by the weekend, we will go out to the lakes and have a swim or a bit of a boat on the Wannsee or one of the other lakes in the woods around Berlin where everyone escapes in the summertime heat to drink <laughs> ice, eat ice cream and have a swim um, and romp around in the nude, as Germans love to do. <laughs> the, new, the, the midday newspapers are just out and the newsboys are going around circulating, crying out their wares. The biggest article of the day, and I'll give you the prescripting to Heinz. It's from the Berlin Zeitung am Mittag, Ugh. the midday paper. What a rag. Yeah, what a rag. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> the news of the day. Okay, so this is from an inferior newspaper. Um, but I shall quickly read out. I won't, I won't read the whole article, but I'll read out a, a, a crazy. Um, and the headline is, Carl Grossman found dead in his cell. Who among our readers will not shudder at the memory on, of the infamous and outrageous acts of the beast of the Silesian station, Carl Grossman? It's a very poetic kind of... It's not really a newspaper. It's more like a... It's just a daily poetry club. Anyway, I, I digress. Um, it goes on to describe, arrested 10 months ago in his flat at Langerstrasse, 88-89, the fiend was found with the body of a murdered woman, a destitute, 
a destitute thing. Uh, lured into the spider's lair with promises of cash and food. Instead, she met her death, but not before her screams and thrashing attracted the notice of the building's neighbours. Police found the poor creature in Grossman's kitchen, stripped naked and trussed up like a hog for butchering. Indeed, Inspector Krieger, the criminal police, noted extensive apparatus for meat processing and sausage making in Grossman's apartment. Uh, the, the devil, Carl claimed that this was merely owing to his career as a butcher, but persistent rumours claim otherwise. His neighbours recall that during the starving days of 1718, Rossman seemed to do quite well for himself, selling homemade sausages. Presumably they're the worst kind. People sausages. Worst kind. <laughs> worst worst <laughs> no. kind of sausages. No. Uh, I, I'm throwing that one in for nothing, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, uh, sausages at the Silesian Station. At the time, there was much speculation as to where he was procured his meat, but nowadays most shudder to contemplate the question. Inspector Krieg found evidence in the form of bloodstains sufficient for the courts to charge Grossman with two other lust murders. And the perverted criminal who spent 14 years in jail prior to the war on charges of illicit activities with children went on trial four days ago. Today... The judge was expected to announce a guilty verdict in the matter of three murders committed at Grossman's hands, but the reprobate was found hanging from his bedsheets inside his cell this very morning. Yeah. Gasp. Gasp indeed. <laughs> That's the news of the day. News of the day. All right, you're in the Romanisches Café, which means the Romanic, Roman or Romanic Café, which is in a building that's built in a Romanesque style. It's a sidewalk café, and it's very popular among the Berlin intellectual, artistic, bohemian crowd, and therefore associated with, with leftism in general. I haven't actually asked the players to describe their characters' politics on the stage. They will probably come out during the course of the game. Um... The sidewalks are full of the usual mix of shoppers and some tourists. There's a very up-to-the-moment fashionably-dressed couple of women outside, pair of, pair of women, one probably in her early 40s, the other one just out of her teens, um, making small talk to passers-by and little wiggles with the top parts of their bodies and bottom parts of their bodies. You recognise them instantaneously as tea girls tea girls are a particular brand of Berlin prostitute, which are mother and daughter t- tag teams. Um, <laughs> prostitution in Berlin is enormous. There's a dozen different <coughs> classifications of streetwalkers. They're testing out customers for the evening. What a lovely mother and daughter relationship. It's a marvellous relationship. It's a yeah. bonding exercise. Um, <laughs> all this started during the hunger years when there wasn't enough money or food to go around. Um, you can see the Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial Church, which is a 130 metre spire, truly grand edifice. And beyond the church is, of course, the doors of the Heaven and Hell Club, not yet open. Um, a interesting club where you go in at night time and depending which doorman you pick, the one dressed as St Peter or the one dressed as Lucifer, determines whether you go into the heaven or the hell part of the club and where you sit. That's amazing. I, I could go for that these days, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Newspaper vendors are going around and you see the chalkboards outside the bank. The clerks are currently changing the exchange rate and currently it's one pound sterling to 1,600 Reichmarks. Um, and you know by the end of the day that'll change again too and it won't be any better. No, um, it's yeah. Anyway, you're drinking your coffee. That you've arrived at the cafe for lunch independently, and as three individual people, you've all been sat at the same table because it's quite busy. This gives you a chance to formally introduce yourselves, enjoy your coffee, and read your papers. It was lunchtime, right? It's lunchtime. Yes. Cool. Okay. So you've probably only been up for a short time. Yes. Oh, 
This is my okay. brunch. This is brunch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Your worst sausage. <laughs> Your worst no, sandwich. I'm sorry, Cedric. I've done that one. You know I mean? <laughs> we can't go back. Never go back <laughs> to the same truck. Never go back to the same truck. Unless <laughs> yeah. I do it. I'm going to say sunglasses are a thing for me. Those really tiny little... Oh, yes. Yeah, the yeah round she ones. would definitely be having some of those on, um, maybe nursing a bit of a hangover from the previous morning. So Hangover or coke over? Uh, yeah, <laughs> hangover from coke, yes. Uh. <laughs> um, uh. So probably on having a, a coffee? Yeah, yeah. coffee is yeah. yeah. very much the thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and Heinz will be there. He's um, suited in a tweed oh. style. Uh, with collar and tie. Um, he will be smoking a strong cigarette and enjoying uh, a, a strong coffee as well, reading the dreadful midday news. Yeah, um, Herbert is um, wearing his silk suit. Um, this is where he frequently meets um, his clients, who are generally middle-aged women with stray husbands. Um that's my bread and butter at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm reading one of the newspapers. I sort of uh, look over the top of the newspaper to both of you and nod. I will probably um, look over at... He uh, well, I don't know his Heinz yet, but... Um, afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, madam. Uh, and I see you smoking a, cig a cigarette. So, oh, uh, do, do you mind? Forgive my manners, <laughs> and he'll open up his... He has a wonderful sterling silver cigarette case, and he offers you a... An unfiltered cigarette? Thank you very much. I will take that. Uh, I'm Hedda von Hosdorf. Might have seen one of my films. <laughs> yes, I, I believe I have. I'm, I'm quite a follower of the arts, actually. Uh -huh. And, uh, uh, of course, I'm here. Heinz Fuhrmann. Pleasure. Uh, I am, and the pleasure is all mine. And uh, I live and work here in Berlin uh, with the Anzeiger, the newspaper. Oh, lovely. I'm, I'm sure I've, I've read many of your articles then. Right. I would hope so. And I'll... Yeah. Um, oh, do, you, do you have a light? Oh, of course. <laughs> um, and he gets out matches and strikes one. Thank you. You're welcome. Sit back. We're nursing now a cigarette with my coffee. That's no. my brunch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid I follow a few of the occidental arts, but um, ah. I will surely keep an eye out for one of your films. Well, uh, thank you. And, and what do you do, sir? Uh, I'm an investigator. Um, <coughs> and yeah. what is your speciality? Mm, unfaithful men. Ah, oh, I bet looking. you're busy then. Uh, I was just <laughs> going to say that. It must be very busy. And what, very do you do? Much. what do you do my name, sir? Um, I'm Herbert Grau. Yeah. To meet the weather is most pleasant today. Indeed. Can I interest you in a smoke? Um, certainly, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I'm certainly giving away. I'm very flush with my cigarettes today. <laughs> yes, okay. Much appreciated. Well, while you're enjoying yourselves, you hear some singing and you look up. Oh, yes, before we do that, you're looking around the cafe because it's always good to see huge people are there. There is a table occupied by four celebrities of the theatre and screen. Fritz Lang, oh. the movie director. Oh, my God. His... Soon wife to be, Hedda von Hartmal. Uh, Fritz Lang's wife recently died under unusual circumstances, and Hedda's just got divorced, and they are together. And they're sitting there, and they are sharing their, their big movie, Dr. Marbus the Gambler, has just been released about four weeks ago. This is a classic, it's an instant classic, and it's a great, tense movie. They are sharing their table with two actresses. Leah Deputy, who is the classic vamp 
of Weimar cinema, smouldering looks, heavily lidded eyes, short black bobbed hair, slightly exotic Hungarian accent. Um, she's only been in the film for about a year, but she's already a hit with the public. And the probably greatest diva of the screen at the time, Asta Nielsen, Danish woman, started making movies just before the war and actually changed the whole style of acting from the sort of vaudeville to the naturalistic style with smouldering sexuality and so on like that. She's just really called the Asta, the Asta generally. This is a high, you know, this is really exciting and maybe you could even make a bit of a, you know, move up to them and inveigle yourself into a film part, whatever they're plotting next. Mm. I, I would say to Hedda, friends of yours maybe? Would I be in You certainly circle? know of them. Um, yes, well, let's say make an education roll. Ooh, ooh, a roll. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm assuming that... That looks like a 12. That looks 12. like you were very successful. I'm afraid you know all four of them, yes. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Asta runs her own distribution company, which has been really significant in building up the film industry. Oh, what was the director's name, sorry? Fritz Lang. Yeah. He of Metropolis. Metropolis. Ah, yeah. I knew. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah great. Okay. Ended up going to Hollywood. What year was Metropolis? 19? Uh, later, 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 20s. 25, I think, 25, 26. Oh, we could give him the idea. Yeah, yeah. Lang goes to Hollywood, whereas his wife stays behind and becomes a Nazi. Wow. <laughs> Spoilers. True, but not fun story, folks. <laughs> Spoilers, yeah. Um, why my culture is great fun. Yes, so uh, yes, they, they are known to you, and they're certainly obviously working on another movie plan, which is fantastic, and you might be able to legal apart. You hear singing, and a parade comes marching towards the cafe. It's about a dozen people, men, all dressed in sort of grey paramilitary oh. uniforms, some of them wearing medals, a couple of the older guys have got facial scars or eye patches or whatever, or war veterans, but a good half a dozen of them are actually kids. Adolescents, they may have the best been in training camps at the end of the war. They're probably missed out altogether. So, you know, they just, mm. you know, they're, they're led by a slightly older man with a monocle yep. and a riding crop under his arm. They come striding and singing a song and they walk into the cafe. Um, all of them have got a large pewter badge pinned to their left sleeve, sleeve which depicts a Viking longship at sea with the name Earhart underneath that. If you want to make a no roll, I can explain that to you. Is this a regular occurrence? Not at all unusual in Berlin. We have a bunch of thugs like this parading around and causing oh. trouble. What role, sorry? What, what role? A knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> 56 looks good. How'd you go? I haven't seen this particular band of thugs before. You haven't seen this band of thugs Yeah, before. no idea. Okay. <laughs> you, you as a newsman, you pick it up and you can tell the others, oh, you sort of, I don't know what your comment's going to be, but yeah, you recognise the Erhardt as Hamann Erhardt, mm -hmm. notorious Freikorps leader and one of the people in charge of the putsch, the cup putsch last year, yeah. <clears throat> which was defeated by the general strike. Yes. People in the cafe, I mean, you start hissing and jeering and catcalling, throw the buggers out, reactionary yeah. swan, you know, it's a normal kind of thing. The guy with the riding whip stops and salutes the cafe with aplomb and courteousness while the thugs move around singing a joyful, happy song, popular song, let us be glad and cheerful. Only the words are different. And you pick up the rather chilling refrain at the end. Let's knock off Walter Rathenau, that godforsaken Jewish sow. Ugh. Nice people. Oh my God. Awesome. What is that about? Goodness. <laughs> and they sort of walk to the tables jostling and bumping so drinks fall over and oh. things fall <sighs> over and you know, just okay. making a nuisance of themselves. People are catcalling and jeering. And one young man comes up to your table and leans over and draws with some chalk on the marble table you were sitting at. 
and he draws this picture. Oh. Is that a swastika? It's, it's a, a right-facing swastika. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> ah. A Hakenkreuz, a hooked cross, as they call it in German. Um, you would all know that it's a symbol of both the Freikorps and what is called the Folkish, or populist nationalist movement. Um, that's a bit of a handout on that. You can pass it around and read his background knowledge. It's not critical to read it out of the game, but gives you some background to what Folkish means. Um... Yeah, anyway, so yes. Um. I, I would uh, remonstrate with... Uh, so uh, is it a younger person? That's oh, yes, to, yeah. he's, he's, he's early 20s maybe. Yeah. Um, so I will remonstrate quite angrily with this uh, individual, saying, uh, you have no place here. Take you and your honking geese and get out. Well said. <laughs> Communist swine. Wow. You want to make something of it? If you want to take a step outside, just you and me, I would gladly make something Ooh, of it, child. Awesome. Punch-up starts. <laughs> oh, what a show. I'll pick up my cup of coffee. <laughs> At this point, yeah, the, um, Heinz gets up. Younger shoves him. Heinz shoves back. I'll get you to start your combat rolls in a minute. Yep. But immediately, other people start getting involved and fisticuffs ensure in the, in, the, in the cafe. Lots of people take off in a hurry to get out of the way. What are you doing, Haber? Um... I stand up to my full you height. Got, um, oh, yeah, you're a big guy. Yep, besides my new comrade. Um, and yeah, I'm, all right. Yeah. Fighting brawl roll. Just before I write this, uh, roll this, sorry, I should just point out that Phil the player forgot that he hasn't got the same brawl uh, characteristics as his <laughs> other character. <laughs> it's like, I probably should sit down again. That's why I thought I'd hang around. Yeah, I think you probably yeah. should, yeah. Um, oh, <gasps> saying that. Well done. A 12. Um that is a hard success. That's a hard success. You land a very significant punch on this chap, virtually straight off the, straight out the door. Um, yeah. All right, give me a damage roll. Um, so uh, that would be. It's a die three plus your damage bonus. Uh, damage bonus is d four. So that's uh, three and a two. Yep. That's a two and a d four. Four. You do six points of damage, straight yeah. off, right, uppercut to the jaw, bang, splat. Spine. Young man reels backwards, quite a look of shock in his eyes, because he totally fluffed his dodge roll, <laughs> and it swings a retaliatory blow back at you, and misses outrageously, stepping to the side. I'm going to sit back and just sip my coffee. Good okay. show. <laughs> I will let you make a spot hidden while you're sitting there, um, Hedda. Um, spot hidden is... Mm, no. Spot hidden is 25. Okay, well, 37. Yeah, unfortunately, with his wild maneuvering, my, my fist has gone... Um, yeah, far wide. You've wired? Yeah. Okay, by the way, if you make a brawl roll, and it's also under your martial arts skill... So the same roll, yep. which I think is 15, yep. Yep. you double the damage. Actually, yeah, nice. basically, yep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I've, that's, that's I've swung wide yeah, in this swung case. Wide anyway. so okay, so no, yeah. Not enough coffee. Yet. So, so the, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 um, the, the young man is, is, is somewhat stunned. He's partly on the side to you, Heinz, so you can actually get a free blow in. Um, I'll give you two whacks. Oh, because okay. Because he's got a side to you. Okay, so it's just I just roll to damage or to hit again? Uh, no, roll to hit because you may, you, may you may overreach or whatever. Oh, that's a... Yeah, that's dreadful. 
Mm. I, I completely whiff. I'm lucky I don't hit header at the same time. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Was but I, I don't hit header, is <clears throat> that what you're thinking? You don't hit header. <laughs> okay, you don't hit header. Um, that, that's good. You knock the table over. Just uh, as well I'm holding my coffee then. Yes, just as well you're holding your well, coffee. Well, I, I did roll a 95, so that's a stinker. Oh, okay, not quite a fumble, but it's a, it's a really bad roll. Yeah. Anyway, the chap turns around, he's really angry, and this time he does a really good whack on you. And he lands a four-pointer into your midriff. It's not actually a hit point, because it's, it's not going to bring oh, okay, okay. It's just I was say, a record of... I die. No, you don't. <laughs> I mean, if you hit zero in this space, you're knocked out. That's okay. what happens, okay? It's, just, it's not actually a, a full damage. Anyway, so it's two rounds. At this point, police whistles can be heard in the distance, and the chap with the riding crop starts wading in among the various brawlers, swinging his crop around, whacking people and yelling, Raus, 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 Raus! And the uniform guys all move out of the cafe, form up and march off singing, um, cheering, shit. feeling they've had their victory for the day, beating up on a couple of uh, arty-farty intellectuals. Oh, I think I, I got the better. You did. The, guy, the young man glares at you murderously. Oh, yeah. Okay, at this point, I'm allowing you to make a spot hidden there. How about? Well done, Heinz. <laughs> oh, that felt good. You spot just across the road a very pinch-faced man. Very pinch-faced, narrow-faced, in a very finely tailored suit, standing there watching the whole altercation very carefully. Okay. Almost like he's, perhaps not orchestrating it, but has some connection. And then he moves back into the shopping crowd. Just worth remembering. So, there we are. The waiters pick up the shattered cups and saucers, wipe the tables, write off the people who ran away and didn't pay for their orders. <laughs> what a way to start the morning or and, mm. yes. for me. <clears throat> right. Well, it is lunchtime. It is it's lunchtime. morning for so, me. <laughs> you have met, you have encountered a typical Berlin street scene. My next question is going to be, do any of you have any questions arising from the symbol, the man drew on the table, the uniform band that you think your background may let you know about or you're just quite happy to keep rolling I, I was going to say I think my I think Heinz would know quite a bit about Heinz these is dudes. pretty confident yep yeah. um, my character may well know something about the more esoteric aspect of okay. this okay um, yes certainly okay well I'll let you make an occult roll oh <laughs> just missed basically it's a Sanskrit symbol for good luck <laughs> <laughs> and it appears on Buddhist flags sometimes. It, yeah. That's it, what you know. It, it, it didn't bring him much luck, I tell you. No, 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 no. Hedda, you can sit back with your coffee and yes, your cigarette and, and take it. Anyway, for the afternoon, I will let you go about your business, what you regularly do, whatever you do. As you move around the city doing things, you notice there's an increasingly number of boarded-up shops appearing and there's a lot of war veterans disabled on the streets begging um, and, of course, the chalkboard signs are always changing. Times have got a little tough. But during the afternoon, while you, are, while you are at your various business locations, at some point you all receive the following telegram delivered by Rohrpost. Rohrpost is pneumatic post. <laughs> Berlin has a huge <laughs> network of air-powered pneumatic tubes under the city That's connecting awesome. various offices where you can send a message Boom, by compressed air, and they generally guarantee delivery within two hours to an address. I'll let you read. I'm, I'm not even going to try that name. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read Each it of you receives this individually. Okay. Uh, so for those listening at home, uh, Prince Gabriel Konstantinovich desires the pleasure of your company tonight at 8pm to discuss a matter of extreme delicacy. 
room 415, Eden Hotel, Kurfürstendamm. Yeah, see, that's why you got that. <laughs> 246, 247. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the Eden Hotel is one of the buildings very close to the square you're on we had lunch. Um, anyone with a successful credit rating role will know something, as will anyone on the left with a no role. Uh, we're, talking about, role. we're talking about political left. Political left, yeah. Okay. So that's a knowledge role, you say? Knowledge role, yeah. I got the credit rating. The Eden Bar is a well-known gathering place for socialist, dilettante artists and writers. It's uh, quite upmarket. And I would know with my knowledge role. This is where Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Liebknecht were beaten up and murdered during the um, 1919 Spartacus revolt. Wow. So good. Yeah. Um, and this, pr what was the person who sent us the telegram? Prince Gabriel Konstantinovich. What do we know about him? Do you any of you speak Russian? Negative. Negative. Um, any of you follow immigre politics very closely? Yeah, Heinz, I'll give him a no roll. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's... Uh, so no roll is intelligence, yeah? And not education. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a pass. That's, yeah. Yep. Okay, fine. Yes, you have heard of a Prince Const Konstantinovich very active in Russian emigre white Russian circles, but as far as you knew, he lived in Paris. Oh. So he must be here on business. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, around about 8 p.m., you all discover yourselves, coincidentally, in the foyer of the Eden Hotel, carrying a telegram, going up to the same room. And you're sort of putting... Seems an extraordinary coincidence. Let's hope this one goes a little bit more peaceably than the calf. Assuming you got the same telegram? Yes. Oh dear. Why, pneumatic post. Well, let us head in together then. Indeed. Right. You go up to room 415. It's 8 pm. It's still light outside because it's summertime. Solstice was yesterday, so it's still high summer. You cross the high ceiling, elegant lobby. You can hear laughter and conversation from the cafe and the famous American bar, Unt Grill. <laughs> <laughs> where they grill steaks, as, you know, which is an unusual kind of thing in Germany this time, and you hear as much Russian spoken as German and some English here or there as well. Knock on the fourth floor, top floor, go up to the fourth floor, knock on the door, and the door opens a very sallow and morose-faced man in the grey suit of a chauffeur. He looks at you, he nods, and he opens the door. Um, I'll proceed to yes. walk in. He gestures at some seats. Turns around, <coughs> opens a box of cigars, which he offers the two gentlemen. Certainly. Thank you. I'll take <coughs> one. Opens a cigarette case, which he offers the lady. I will take one. And then says something in some inexplicable language you don't understand. Okay. I, I um, indicate to him I'd like the cigar cutter to snip my end, <laughs> as it da, were. Da, 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 da. Uh -huh, Russian. He gives you that. Thank you. Yeah. Clip. And he sort of stands back. I've, of course, changed my outfit by now oh, because it's yeah. evening. At least, at least twice. <laughs> I'm sure, at least twice. At this point, a man enters the room who is... I, I will look at my two compatriots and as, as say, I, I assume you don't speak Russian. Sorry, no. I have some experience in those parts of the world, but, um, yeah, the language has never come easily to me. It's quite a, quite a gritty language. I'll just uh, continue to... Time to learn continue to smoke my now lipstick-stained cigarette. Yeah. He's a man of slightly above average height, um, wearing the full-dress uniform of a czarist Russian cavalry officer. In fact, he's doing up the top button as he walks into the room. Mm. Um, 
the chauffeur comes to attention and salutes him. He sort of waves him off and makes, makes a comment in Russian. And then he says, good evening. That's a German accent. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Prince Gabriel Konstantinovich, at your service, lady and gentlemen. Pleasure. Thank you very much for answering my request. I hope you are comfortable. He speaks German with a very heavy Russian accent. Has Fyodor offered you a drink? Mm, no, I would very much like one, please. Certainly. What to, may feel to be fair to your valet? We have only just arrived, so. <laughs> what? But he has given you a smoke, which is good. Indeed. What drink would you like? Champagne, cocktail, cognac. Oh, I, I, I believe for myself, uh, I, I believe a vodka would be in order. Vodka, very good. Mm, it dulls the senses. Um, <laughs> just a soda. Tea from the samovar. Um, tea. Oh, a champagne, since it was offered, please. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> Excellent. And champagne. Fyodor, in Russian, Fyodor pours <laughs> drinks, goes out the room. You're all comfortable? Fyodor has gone to get some zakuska, how you say in German? Snacks. <laughs> when he is finished, we will talk. Thank you. Um, you recognize this man. This is the pinch-faced man on the pavement. He's got a pinch nez at the stage, which he wears. Or, <laughs> very, very, very polite, very gracious. Um, yeah, I'd makes a bit of small talk. I'll say. Um, I believe I saw you at the uh, Roman Cafe this morning. Ah, oh, the uh, little demonstration. Mm. Mm, yeah, these are such tumultuous times, my hair. But what do we expect when God-sanctioned monarchies are torn down by the unwashed and filthy rabble? What is that British poet Yeats? What did he write some years ago? Ah, yes, things fall apart. The centre cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is unleashed. Yeah. He takes a cigar. Fyodor comes back with a tray. It's got some caviar and little pancakes, uh, some chopped gherkins, a bit of salted pork fat, you know, various Russian snacky things like that, which he puts down, and then the hot tea for you from the samovar, and he exits. I'll sit there sipping my champagne, waiting to see what he has got to say. I have requested you to attend here tonight because I have heard of your reputations through Berlin, and I know all of you possess some very special talents. The information I'm going to give you the story I'm going to ask your help with could also be of interest to you in your professional work. Investigate a story, a plot for a film. Oh. I represent a number of parties in a rather macabre investigation. As you are aware, as a great tragedy befell our glorious Tsar Nicholas and his family. May the saints bless them and keep them in eternity. Tragic. Nearly four years ago in the city of Ekaterinburg in Russia. Bolshevik slime gunned them down in a cellar. I have personally visited the site in disguise, in disguise, and confirmed the royal family was there. I have seen the bullet holes. I took photographs. Here is a photograph. And he shows you a photograph of brick wall with bullet stain, bullet holes, blood stains. And in the corner, <laughs> you can just see, looks like the top half of one of those swastika things mm. pencilled mm. on it. Also in the wall, in a crack, I found the Tsarina's journal. He reaches into a bag and he carefully takes out a wrapped leather-bound notebook, which also has a right-facing swastika <coughs> etched into the corner of it. 
You see, the mark on the wall, the mark on the journal, the same. The Tsarina's good luck symbol. That belonged to the Tsarina? That belonged to the Tsarina. May I? I've had it confirmed by a courtier. Yes, my dear. I will have a look through this journal for a a quick peruse, I guess. It's written in Cyrillic. Oh, fascinating. (sighs) It looks nice. It does. He looks down at the newspaper on the table. It's again in Russian, but there's a prominent photograph of Grossman on it, which you will recognize. Mm -hmm. (sighs) The paper is reported that this Grossman recorded names of women, probably his victims, in his journal. One such name was Sasnovsky. S-A-S-N-O-V-S-K-I. The name, it means nothing to you, I am sure, but it means a great deal to us. We believe it refers to a Polish peasant girl whose real name is Franciska Shamskowska. Don't bother spelling it. (laughs) Or something very similar. Too much time has passed to gain a real answer, and she is missing, but I must try. I ask you, with the murderer dead in his cell and with the answer to our question seemingly out of reach, will you help me to the best of your abilities to find out whether Grossman did indeed murder this Franziska Shamskowska in February 1920? I am prepared to pay you per day three pounds English in sterling notes. Will you help us? That's a sizable sum. Yeah. The, uh... Da, da. And, and presumably you're paying us in pounds sterling. I am paying in English pounds. That's hard money. Duh. That's a lot of money. Duh. Of course, we need closure to find out who did this to Francisca, is it? Yeah. So has he suggested in any way that there's a connection between the Tsarina, the diary, and this case? No. He hasn't. If you make a power roll... You think there might be a connection. You've got this vague, tinkling feeling, but you're not sure why. All I can tell you about the Shamskovska girl, I have no photograph. She would have been around 19 years old then. Petite, strawberry blonde hair, piercing blue eyes, very attractive. Mm. Um, She used to frequent cafes around the Andreasplatz, which of course was Grossman's stamping ground. If the Sosnovsky name in his journal is his attempt to translate Shanskovska into his way of writing, then he may well have assaulted or killed her. We just need to know. If she is who we think we may be, then anyone who met her is bound to remember her. Okay. So she was missing or found dead? She has never been found. She has been missing since February 1920. And so from uh, Grossman's journal, uh, Grossman's notes with Sasnovsky, would I know in my role as a journalist whether Sasnovsky was ever f- discovered who that was or whether that's an enigmatic name? Not one of the three murders he was charged with. Okay. They were all German women. All right, so I would probably know that there's something a bit... There's about 100 you. names in the diary according to the press reports. Yeah. If you see the police, maybe you can see the diary in the evidence locker. Okay. Fritz may, be of, Fritz may be of help to you there. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I would certainly defer to his expertise. I've arranged this so people cover all bases. <laughs> Very good. Um, is anyone known, to, uh, uh, does anyone have familial connections with Francisca? 
At the moment, we have no information on that. I'm sorry, I've told you everything I can at the moment. Uh, Frau, uh, Fräulein von Hülsdorf, are you over 25, aren't you? 28, yeah. Frau von Hülsdorf. <laughs> hmm. A mystery indeed, but I, I for one, uh, put myself at your disposal. I will pay you for three days in advance and refill your glasses. Thank you. Schnapps, champagne, tea? Uh, vodka. Vodka, sorry. Yes. Vodka, <laughs> schnapps, vodka, vodka, tea. And he toasts you to success. Indeed. Yes, indeed. And may many mysteries be solved. <laughs> we must find out what happened to this, Francisca. Yes. So, uh, Constantinov, um, Prince Constantinov. <clears throat> <laughs> Your Highness might be an appropriate dress. <laughs> it's a tragedy what happened to the Tsar's family. But, um, oh, yeah. Da, da. A great tragedy. A terrible, Such a shocking thing. Terrible times we live in. But I've, I've heard rumours that at least one escaped. Yes, so have we. This is a matter of great interest to us. Mm. If you come across any information on this investigation pertaining to that story... We would be very gratified to hear that. And I'm sure my principles would be generous with a bonus. Mm, most intriguing, Prince. Would be interesting to meet a member of royalty. <laughs> uh, Other I, than yourself, of course. Um, Heinz, I, I am not a Romanov. <laughs> Heinz, Heinz takes a slightly different view on the political situation playing out, but he's, not, he's, he's, he's sensible enough not to say not anything. To open his mouth, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he thinks the people's revolution was a... Probably a very good step in the right yeah. direction. Yeah, he's trying not to look too jubilant. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. Awesome. Well, my lady and gentlemen, where do you wish to go from here? Uh, probably here to my bed. <laughs> Eight p.m., nine p.m. at night. Well, it's true. Still early. I suppose I could check in with my office. Um, there's always stories developing. But uh, what about my two colleagues? I could go for a drink. She says, as finishing her champagne. Yeah, this, is, this is your midday. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Should we, should we uh, move on to... Oh, well, I'll give you a couple of... What, you, what you've basically got, obviously, is Grossman committed suicide. He's connected this missing girl with Grossman. And Inspector Creek was mentioned in the newspaper article. Sure. Um, obviously, there'd be police evidence or whatever at the Alexanderplatz, mm -hmm. um, which is where the police presidium headquarters are. Um, the other option is... It gave an address for Grossmann in the article, Langstrasse, Langstrasse, 88, 89. Um, and the prince has mentioned that the girl was frequented bars around the Andreasplatz, which is in the Friedrichshain district, which is a really rough, slummy district just off the Alexanderplatz. Um, real rough working class dive area. Um, and... Obviously, it's also Grossman stamping ground. It's, it's the area around the Silesian railway station, which is where the trains from the east come in. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking because we're investigating the Grossman killings, the best place to start is where Grossman did the killing. Go to Grossman's place. So you're okay. going to go out to Friedrichshain and go to Langestrasse. Is your suggestion? That's my suggestion, yes. Well, since I have these two fine gentlemen with me, I will accompany you. You all good with that? <coughs> There you go. Yes. Right. You are heading into an area which in Berlin slang is called Der Kiet, which means basically the, um, 
the underworld milieu, the, uh, okay. the, the area, yes, yes. Uh, I will check with my erstwhile colleagues whether anyone is carrying any weapons of any sort. Seeing as we're wandering around... This is legal, by the way. It's licensed. Okay. Yeah, just to, to obviously we're heading into somewhere where it's a bit uh, run down at night time, so I'm just going to... Just my charming personality. Awesome. That will do some very bludgeoning damage. <laughs> it's a slightly indelicate question, but um, let me assure you I can take care of myself. Very good. Okay. Well, you know. Awesome. Well, you probably have to get from where you are at the Eden Hotel. You're going to have to get probably the S-Bahn or it's a brisk mile walk maybe. <laughs> Walking in these hills? No, thank no, you. No. So you probably get the S-Bahn, which will bring you off the station near the Silesian station and you disembark into the light is now fading sorry but uh, just to clarify the s-bond would be the trams it's the railway the um, surface railway here oh, okay yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, apologize for that okay. <laughs> u-bahn is the underground yeah. s-bahn is the above ground yep um you disembark into an area that has a very strong smell of boiled cabbage and sausage Ugh. um and you walk into the andreas platz initially Strewn with litter and pigeons. As a blonde veteran <laughs> missing an arm, shaking a can for change. Meanwhile, a waker is talking up. See the amazing sights at the anatomical wonder cabinet. Naked women's bodies on display. Spreaking up the arm of the nightclubs. And there are swarms of women in the street. Most of them quite clearly office employees, office girls, uh, a couple of them are definitely houseflowers, still wearing their blue aprons. They all seem fairly intent on accosting men. Um, and, you know, sidling up to them. One or two of them probably sidle up to you at various stages. So you've got effectively what they call half silks. These are all amateur prostitutes who are looking to supplement their income with a, a few groschen. I'll probably um, wedge myself between the men and link arms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, that, I'm quite happy for that to happen. That may put some of them off, but you might get a few others who are more brazen and suggest, no, I want an interesting party tonight. Mm. Um, there are a few other groups, half a dozen <coughs> or so women standing around in a group. Again, obviously street walkers, but a different style to the amateurs. They look like professionals, probably control girls. I.e., They're authorised, licensed. Control girls have got an actual license from the vice squad and they have a weekly medical tri- inspection by the municipal health department. Cool. This, is Germany. <laughs> this is Germany. Yeah, yeah. This is Germany. He- Heinz will, uh, every occasion, put a copper coin into the veterans', veterans tins. Yeah, he shakes it. And yeah. Very much thank you, gentlemen. And there's a few, obviously, Jewish prostitutes as well standing around chatting um, among the best crowds milling around. Um, do you want to make inquiries over here or do you want to keep walking towards Langestrasse? Probably don't want to stay in here too long at night. Well, you say that. I would imagine that if when there's a story to be had, the streets is where we go. This was his stomping grounds, yes? Yeah. Yeah. I think Herbert might be, uh, given that you're an investigator, you mm. may have a good way with the, the people. I'm assuming that there are people freely talking. Yeah, they're all chatting around. They're not always making a fuss about anyone there. It's just this normal nighttime. No, but in terms of Grossman, I mean, it's it's the big news. Yeah, yeah, people people remember him and stuff like that. They talk about it. You see a a rather well-endowed peroxide blonde catches your eye at one point. I'll insinuate myself in the conversation. Um, Nah, sweetheart. That's a clear giveaway. That's the lead in line for a control girl. Nah, sweetheart. Looking for a good time? 
Mm, I'm afraid I'm working tonight. Oh, so am I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, surely the Grossman story is um, all the news in the uh, address plaque, so. Oh, yeah, we remember him. He came here looking for girls lots of times. I went with him once. Took me to his house, his apartment, Langestrasse, and the next morning he drove me out to his garden shed in the allotment at Lunsberg. I've still got the scars from that night, but he paid really, really well. Are you, are you madam, are you speaking about physical scars? Yeah. Would you mind showing me your physical scars? I believe it might cost you. How much would it cost a gentleman? Just to look, of course. 5,000 marks. How many? 5,000 marks. That's uh, <laughs> about three pounds. <laughs> that's, a, that's a less than a pound at today's rate. Less than a pound at today's rate. Yeah, she's not just a sound rate. Actually, yes. Yes, I will pay you the money. She beckons you over, she walks to a slightly shadier part of the square, looks around, makes sure there's no coppers around, pulls the top down, and there's bite marks on the breasts and around the neck. Got a good look, yeah? <laughs> he was quite the shark then. Too early for Magnum life. <laughs> Very much. First time I've ever had a lay in a sausage factory. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and and did Grossman talk about the sausages much? I thought she'd be quite acquainted with sausage. <laughs> well, yes. It's yeah, he paid me in both kinds of wurst. Oh, <laughs> the first kind. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a re- reoccurring joke, yep, I imagine. Yep. Okay. I appreciate and I, I will give her the money. I say, oh, I appreciate you. you uh, that's probably the easiest wage you've made tonight. I'll put that with my stocking money, she says got a big bag of coins in her stocking. Uh, by tradition, the first price of the evening belongs to the, 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 the hooker. The okay. pimps don't take a cut of it. Okay. Yeah, they put in their stocking. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Was, the, was the garden shed mentioned in the... No, it wasn't. News no, it wasn't. This is a new lead. Um, this is a new lead. So it's on the Landsberger Boulevard. Landsberger. Yeah, which is out a bit. Yep. Um... As you walk off from there, one of the uh, Jewish girls, Achonte, um, obviously Polish from the accent, looks at you and says, you're asking about Grossman? I am, do you know anything? I used to drink with him. His favorite spot was the Red Mill Cabaret, just around the corner. Mm, and would you mind sharing some information? Oh, he, um, he liked to get new girls, fresh off the train from the country. Any particular part of the country, or just any Anywhere, any you because girls? they all come in this laser station. They walk around. You can see them on. You can see them like those ones over there. They lost in the city. You see them. They are bewildered. He liked to get ones like that. Mm. Ever see him with a young strawberry blonde lady? <laughs> strawberry blonde, as I think in strawberry blonde. Yeah, Francis Francisco. Can you say anything more, madam? Did we, have, we didn't have a photo of her. Did we? No, she was. Was it? Oh, I was think it? I think she may have been a um, a fellow Pole. Was she? Shanskowska. Yes. Francisca. That well, there we go. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, I haven't seen her in years. 
probably won't. Unfortunately, no one else has. She used to drink down the Red Mill Cabaret as well. It's years since I've seen her. Unfortunately, it's been years since anyone else has seen her either. Oh, I wonder if Grossman got her. That's what we're trying to find out. I don't know. Someone at the Red Mill Cabaret may know more. Thank you. I'm sensing a a feeling we should probably at some point in this game go to the Red Mill Cabaret. (laughs) It's my sixth sense. (laughs) Whereabouts is the Red Mill Cabaret? Paris. (laughs) (laughs) You walk down the Andreasstrasse and you find Langestrasse where Grossman's apartment is. And you walk a couple of hundred metres further past the Breslaustrasse and you'll come to the Red Mill Cabaret. Well, so there we go. So it's not very far, yeah. So to his house and then to the cabaret. Well, I was going to ask, do you think we should go to the cabaret first, then the house, or the house, then the cabaret? Let's, let's have a look at the house first. Okay. The apartment. I'm looking for Frau on my card. Um, what's your name? Zvia. Zvia? Z-V-I-A. And, she, the, and she, the blonde was called Lulu. She must be new to this. Sphere must be new to this because she didn't ask for money before giving information away. Mm. And she's not going to get any now. Maybe she's just concerned for her friend's well-being. Yeah, Lulu was the blonde. <laughs> she's a poor businesswoman. <laughs> Sphere, as... Maybe un- you buy me a drink sometime, she says. As unlikely as it seems, if you hear anything of uh, Safnovsky... Um, Chanskowska. Chanskowska. You Germans. No idea how to speak Polish. Um, <laughs> but do feel free to call on me. I will. I will. Thank you, sir. All right. As you're walking down towards Langestrasse, you pass a police patrol, four officers <coughs> in their bottle green uniforms and their cavalry shakos and hard-faced assholes with um, cavalry sabres at their side and they're all carrying rifles over their shoulders. Uh-huh. They don't appear to be too bothered about the general stuff going on in the streets, the prostitution, the bit of pilfering you see going on. Um, but they do seem to be hassling some people who are doing some buying and selling of some kind on the street corner. Ooh. I might try and get a little bit closer to see what the, the argy-bargy is all about. They suspect that they are selling stolen or looted items, from what you can make out. And there's a bit of an argument going on as to where the stuff they're selling came from. Okay. It's mainly foodstuffs. So presumably Heinz has got press credentials. Yeah. So I'm going to go up to one of the police officers, or the constables, and just say, Fuhrman, Berliner Anzeiger, I just wondered if I could just ask you a couple of questions about what's going on here. Wachmeister, which means sergeant. And the, uh, the sergeant wanders over. He looks at you. He's a hard-faced guy. He's got an Iron Cross second-class ribbon on his, on his tunic from the war. Yeah. He looks at you in the eyes. You can see in the eyes he's, he's, a, he's been around a bit. Yeah. Yeah? <coughs> you need something, sir? I'm just, uh, I'm a journalist with the Anzeiger. I'm just uh, wondering what was going on here. But uh, first of all, let me uh, thank you for your service. Gunther Wachtmeister. Heinz Fuhrmann. Look, yeah, I was just wondering what was going on here. Your your men seem to be having a few heated discussions with... Uh, um, being burglaries. Any, anything particular? Anything unusual about the burglaries? Nothing unusual, just, re- just shops that have closed up from trading because they can't make ends meet and they've been burglaring in the storerooms and we suspect a local gang is selling off plundered goods. Um, some of the stuff includes foodstuffs, tinned foods, and we just saw these people selling them here and so we're trying to verify the Rob- sources. Robbing from the mouths of peop- honest people, is, is there nothing worse? Ugh, it's the times, yeah. 
Mm, unfortunately so. Look, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and hopefully you will have a safe evening. <laughs> I'm a bull, he says. <laughs> and clearly an experienced bull, but nevertheless, you have my uh, best wishes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You don't pass them anything? Cops aren't that well paid, you know. Very <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I will hand him a modest amount. Thank you. It is, it's enough for a beer and a sandwich. Beer and a bockwurst. Beer and a bockwurst, yeah. Beer and a bockwurst. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, so you're going to the apartment, yeah? Yeah. All right. So before we simply stride up the front door, um, is there a case, case to the place a little bit first? Yeah. Is there still a police presence? Um, the policing here is somewhat more obvious than in the western districts where you were at lunchtime and in business time, obviously working class. You're not very far from the Alex either. So it's easy for patrols. The Alex is where the Alexander Plus is where the police headquarters are. Um, and they are generally heavily armed. Most of the time they're carrying rifles. So it's like they're expecting trouble. Um, yeah. And clearly the relationship on the streets between the locals and the police is not what you'd call a positive one. It's not community policing. Yeah. For and there's lots of red flags around too. Hanging on buildings and things like that. Uh -huh. This, is, this <coughs> is the heart of Red Berlin, yeah? Okay. Oh, can I just, uh, in our travel so yes. far, uh, we haven't seen any evidence of the Fry Corps or any of that? No, no, there's no, you haven't seen any other than your lunchtime encounter with the Earhart Group, no, yep, nothing yep. else. Um, you do notice a number of older men wandering around who have sporting club badges on their lapels, the Olympia Sportsverein. The Olympia Sportsverein is actually a front for an organised crime ring what they call ein Ringgesellschaft, which you would know about. You can point it out to the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, Organised crime in Berlin, however, is not like America. It's, not about, it's more about vice and burglary and fencing. Um, and these organisations often have a, a formal existence because they technically exist to rehabilitate ex-convicts. Hmm. <laughs> Rehabilitating the ex-convicts into... Current convicts. <laughs> so, so when I was speaking to Sergeant Gunther about the local gang robbing yep. food, I would have automatically made the connection, connection with the to sporting a, club. Sport, yeah, Olympia yeah. Sports for line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Gunther didn't say anything about that, but... Um, didn't need to. He didn't need to, yeah. Langestrasse 88, 89 is what they call in German a Mietzkaserne, which means a rental barracks. It's a sort of a late 1890s, cheaply built working class tenement, which <laughs> generally it's a square building. <laughs> with a number of very small courtyards in yeah. the middle of it, and access is like through a, a gate, not a gate, like a tunnel through the building into the courtyards. Um, generally just wide enough for a fire truck to get in and no wider, a minimum size. Mm. Um, the, the, front, the front apartments have some daylight coming in from the windows. The ones towards the back often have no windows at all. They are fairly small, they're pokey. Often it's shared bathrooms and kitchens on the landings or even out in the courtyard. They're very much cheap working class housing, run up in a hurry. Um, Slums. Yeah, version of, yeah, four yeah, stories, slums. version of tenements. Yeah. Um, you've got a, you, you, you've, the numbers are on the, on the outside, 8089, the street number. Of course, a feature of German apartments even nowadays is they don't have apartment numbers. Oh. Great. <laughs> the mailboxes have surnames on them. Okay. Oh, well that's handy. Except there's no Grossmann on the mailbox. But is there a, is, a space is, is, is there a space where Grossman might have been scratched out? There's a there's a couple of spaces here which appear to be up on some of the higher floors. 
ask, but is there anyone else we can ask? Oh, I'm sure there, I'm sure there must well be. be some tenants hovering around. Maybe um, Hedda would like to ask, you I know, would, feminine yes. wiles. <laughs> right, Depends Hedda, on who's yes. there, yeah. Do you see a lady? She uh, looks to be in her 50s. She is of a um, sort of a bobbed, bobbed blonde hair with a very ample bosom and um, smoking a cigarette in a long holder, wearing a shawl, and she's sort of, you know, looking like a busybody around the entrance, looking at you people, because obviously you don't live here and you don't dress like you live here. I will definitely wander up to her. Is <laughs> you doing a roll? Why are you doing a roll? <laughs> no. Good it's, evening. It's. Oh, God. Fräulein von Hülsdorf? Oh, you know my films. Oh, you are in our neighborhood? I sure am. And you look like a woman who knows what is going about her neighborhood. Uh, Frau Itzig, Helene Itzig. Very nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. Would you like a cup of tea or coffee? Oh, I wouldn't mind one of those cigarettes that you've got there. Ah, oh, certainly. She reaches in her bag and gets them out. Yes. Uh, you live around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the fourth floor. Oh, the fourth floor. I have heard that potentially uh, you may know of Grossman. Oh, you're scouting for a film about the cannibal. I would love to know a lot more about oh, him and his whereabouts. Yes. You uh, know specifically which apartment was his? Yeah, I can show it to you. Uh, gentlemen, what was... Oh, sorry, I didn't write down her name. What was her name? Itzik, I-T-Z-I-G. Helena. Helena, this is Helena Itzik. She is a resident here and she knows... I told the police about, about him. I was the one who informed on him. Mm. You yeah. were the informant. He was murdering women in the apartment. I could tell that. I could hear the screams. The screams. That must have not been great for you. Where you lived, you live, did you live quite close to his apartment? Shall we? Across, across <laughs> the corridor. My husband even drilled a hole in the door to spy on him when we began to suspect him. Wow, that is quite diligent of you. <laughs> One must, one must support order and criminality must be stopped. But? Psych roll. Psych roll. Psychology rolls. Mm. No, you're innocent. <laughs> I made it uncomfortably. I think I can see where this is going. Hard success for Heinz. I'm just too busy telling her about my films. She knew a lot more than she's told, told, telling you all the coppers about. She knew a lot more. You could tell that she's covering up left, right and centre. I, I will. And trying to gain something out of it. I, I will tip Hedda the wink to, to, to press further. Ah, okay. Um, perhaps as we, as we talk, we can walk. Yeah, you, walk up the you have to walk up the stairs, okay? The whole the place is dirty and smelly. But she, she takes you up, yeah. Um, chattering away. What comes out is that Grossmann had a lot of money. He had a lot of money? He was always flashing money around. He was, he was quite well off. And he lives he used to lend here. It. He used to lend it to people. And then want it back with favours. Uh, Did you ever have to approach Mr Grossman? Oh no, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> Never? Oh 
I tell you what, you give me any information you have about Grossman. Well, he'd bring women back and he obviously beat them. You could hear sometimes the screams and so on. Did you ever see them coming back out again? These women? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes he would, he had a car, he'd drive them away. Sometimes in the mornings. A car. Yeah. What kind of car did he drive? Um, my <laughs> husband knows these things better. Opens the door. Mannheim! Mannheim! He's got protuberant watery It was blue a steamroller. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get that one. He's got protuberant watery blue eyes. He comes out of the apartment. Yeah, Helena. What kind of car did Grossman drive? It was a Hoch convertible. With a dicky seat in the back. Mm. He talks in a very Berlin dialect, sing-song, snotty. <laughs> nasal. Nasal. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Itzig. Yo. I believe you're quite a diligent citizen in informing people, uh, informing the police about Grossman's activities in his apartment. He looks at Helena and she nods. Yeah, we, we were going to be suspicious. I drilled a little hole in the door. What may I see? I'll take you to the room, the apartment door across, and there's a little, little hole drilled in the door. I'll look through it. Yeah. You just <laughs> look, in, look into a virtually, virtually empty apartment. You lose sanity. <laughs> no, it's virtually empty. <clears throat> you, made so a, you made a hard success in your psych roll? Yes. Okay, you finally clicked. They owed him money. Mm. You finally clicked what's going on. They actually owed Gorsman money. Okay. Which probably is the context of the... Dobber. Yep. Okay. Uh, Helena, uh, you, so you saw many women coming to and from this apartment? Oh, he always. For years, he brought women back. He's, every night, he brought women back. Man of very bad morals. Potentially, he may have brought someone back a couple of years ago, and I'm sure you know everything that happens at this place. So you're going to describe Shanskovska? Yes. No, Frau von Hulstorf, that one I do not recall. Oh, that's unfortunate. I do not recall. Meanwhile, if you try the door, it's unlocked. <laughs> Let's try the door. Oh, and I'll, I'll scratch my autograph on a piece of paper oh. and give it to her. <laughs> she's excited. You can see the, 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 the dollar and pound signs going up behind the eyelids. My God, she's looking to sell that on eBay tomorrow. <laughs> spot, hidden, <laughs> spot hidden on the drill hole. For all of us? Uh, any one of you, probably, probably Hab, that will think of it more than anybody else, being a detective. Mm. Uh, it's it, uh, you're quite the carpenter, I see. Ah, a bit of a handyman. You must have seen many interesting things through your uh, small hole. Oh, we... we <laughs> 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 oh, no. I think Helena... No, no, okay. <laughs> no we're leaving that in. Um, I, um... It was only done just before we informed him to check up to see what he was up to. It was only a couple of days. Uh, yeah. must, must have seen some most interesting things. Uh, it's not very big. You can't see a great deal. Uh, but, yeah, he was beating, beating women and knocking them around. Mm. Yeah. It's a very old drill. You can say the number. Yeah, that's it's, not, so. it's not freshly drilled. It's not fresh wood. It's well and truly weathered. 48. It's at least eight, nine months, if not more. They've been snooping on him for a while. Just a few days. <laughs> anyway, you go into the room. It's a large living room bedroom combination with a tiled kitchen and a wood-burning stove in it. 
There is a large dormer window, although it's dirty, so it gets a fair bit of light in the daytime, and you get a great view of the courtyard and the outdoor lavatories. Oh, nice. <laughs> four, year, four floors below. Very scenic. Yeah. The wallpaper is soot-stained and peeling. It's a lot of soot on the floor. Hard spot hidden might reveal something. I'll have a good poke around. No, that's just a success, but just. No, the suits to the suits here. Not enough illumination in here for me. No, it was a fifty. I got a twenty-five, which is my spot hidden. Yeah, I just passed with a fifty, but nothing spectacular. Okay, no, it's the it's (coughs) the suit is certainly um concealed anything you may possibly have seen. Mm. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's fairly empty. There's nothing, there's nothing really there. The police have probably been through it. Yeah. Yep. This is probably where he... They arrested him here! They arrested him here. Mr. Yeah. Itzik says. <laughs> no, they came in here and arrested him here. Okay. You would have we had a good it. view of that? Oh, yes. It was very exciting. I bet you could hardly restrain your cheering. Oh, yes. It was good to see this, this animal be taken away. Yeah. yeah. So how do you feel that he uh, hanged himself yesterday? Well, it is from a justice with the headman got him on the guillotine or he hung himself It is justice. Hmm. I suppose. They relieved he's dead. Yeah. Okay. So he obviously beat the women here, but mm. took them elsewhere to take things further, should I say? I think he had his way with them in here and then if he did them in, it would have been somewhere else, yeah? Perhaps mm. this garden shed Although maybe... No, no, I don't think so. So I suppose we're getting a general sense that there's not a great deal in his apartment. There's not a great deal in the apartment. Are there there any personal effects? No, no. It's just a shell. It's just a shell. There's not a great deal in the apartment. There's a couple of items of clothing lying around, but it's, you know, it's basically, uh, he probably didn't, yeah, it's nothing there. Police would have taken any evidence to the evidence locker. they've cleared it all out, yeah. I I just wonder if we're not just wasting our time staying here when we can head to the... To the cabaret! To the cabaret! Oh, (laughs) says her, you're going to the Red Mill? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I drink there sometimes with... (laughs) I drink there sometimes. Oh. Uh. Helena scowls at him. Oh. You went drinking with Grossman? Well, we were at the local... Pub, yeah, we sometimes we're together at the same place here. Yeah. So you knew Crossman quite well? Crossman, of course we knew who he was. Mm. Well, we didn't have we weren't friends. God forbid. No. He was a gross man. <laughs> oh, it's play on words, name. I like it. You should be on the stage. The first one out of town. Um, well, unless you have anything further, sir and madam, uh, maybe we should repair to the cabaret. When's the next movie coming out? Oh, I'm sure you'll... Um, well, hopefully I will be able to uh, maybe join up with Fritz Lung, I'm hoping, with oh, this story. Mm. Maybe you could make one. We saw his Dr. Mabuse. Very oh, good fine. picture. Maybe you could make one about Grossman. Potentially. I'm hoping to find out as much as I can. <laughs> if you need an advisor who was on the scene, she says. <laughs> Perhaps I could send someone to interview. Yeah, that would make sense. Ooh, we would be willing to cooperate. <laughs> Okay, well, we have a, if we have any further questions, then um, we can come back and talk again. Yeah, good evening. I'd Thank you. Step forward. I'll give her my card. Yep. Actually, step into his face. Into his face, soaking up. Yeah. He's a mousy kind of guy. With my card, her. It's a good. If anyone comes back, anyone else comes asking about Grossman, the room, let me know. 
Do your intimidate roll. That's what you're trying to do, aren't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, Hagral. Yes, of course, will do. Of course. And um, who yes. is he? I, I believe you know uh, more about Grossman than... Um, oh, as God is my witness, I do not. No, 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 no. Mm. I, may be, I may be back to see you later. Oh. Okay, as you leave the staircase, you get her berating him in the back, back there. <laughs> You and your big trap. <laughs> yes. I think Herbert may be onto something there. Um, so we're going to go to the Red Mill. Mill. The Devil Eats Flies starred Cedric Bydach as our keeper of arcane lore, Elise Spencer as Hedda von Hofdorf, Matthew James as Herbert Grau, and me, Philip Beddingfield, as Heinz Furman.